HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. Today's program is brought to you by Heritage Foods USA, the nation's largest distributor of heritage breed pigs and turkeys. For more information, visit heritagefoodsusa.com. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network. We're a member-supported food radio network broadcasting over 35 weekly shows live from Bushwick, Brooklyn. Join our hosts as they lead you through the world of craft brewing, behind the scenes of the restaurant industry, inside the battle over school food, and beyond. Find us at heritageradionetwork.org. Welcome to Happy Hour. It's HR and Happy Hour. We're all drinking. Are you? I'm Kat Johnson. I'm here with my co-host, Katie Mosman-Wadler. Hey, guys. And in the studio, we have today Patrick Martins. Hello. Thanks for having me. Who is a guest slash co-host. Oh, wow. Upgrade. You're, 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 you're moving up. I've been upgraded. You're moving up. I got Gradual slashed promotion. up. <laughs> <laughs> we also have Cynthia Cherish Malaron. I'm here. Oh yeah. I'm here. DJ Cherish the love. Stick around because I'm I'm on at six. Yeah. Wee, wee, wee. <laughs> she's also she's a host of Primary Food. Stay tuned for that show after us. We'll try to get out of here in time. But yeah. We'll definitely get out of here in time. You'll, It'll de- be you'll your definitely fault. get out of there on time. <laughs> It'll be your you're, fault. You're if here like... now, so you can just like literally push us out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then our special guest today is Chef Mario Laposta from Babo Pizzeria in Boston. Thanks for the having me, guys. Babo. Pizza, pizza, pizza. Patrick, you're amazing. Love the relationship with Heritage Foods. Ah, oh, very nice. Yes. Thank you, sir. Okay. Flattery will get you nowhere. Yes, that actually <laughs> oh. works against you with at this Patrick network. sometimes. <laughs> so is everybody doing good? Great. Yo, Babo is a real. That's like when you say Babo, that's a legit thing to drop. When you're like, I'm the chef at a restaurant, and they're like, What's it called? And you're like, Babo, Babo, oh. Babo Pizzeria. Good. No, I know, but Boston. still, you know, yeah. it's oh, still Babo. A Babo. Yeah. Not that many Babos around. That's true. There was a restaurant started like down the block from Babo called Bobo, and I know <laughs> they were just trying to get like stupid no. tourists to go there. <laughs> Is that for real? Yep, Bobo in, in it's New York. Still, yeah, is it still open? Bobo, uh, no. <laughs> their their target demographic is confused tourists. Yes, exactly. <laughs> okay, well, anybody else have any uh, personal news before we jump into HRN headlines? Let's per- jump in. personal news. Oh, yeah, what's David? up? No, I got nothing. Go ahead. Oh. <laughs> I was just wondering about that. Okay, okay. go go. We want okay. headlines. Ready? Okay, this is gonna be rapid fire headlines. Go, you guys go. 
Ready, set, go. Ready? I'm waiting for my news music. David. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I put this in the script. This is the time when we talk script. about our fabulous I gave you a script. engineer, studio engineer, David Tadashore, who, <laughs> when we provide him with the materials, is usually right on cue. <laughs> he usually loves to play the sound effects. Well, you know, it's great when you provide me with the materials like <laughs> minutes before the start of the show. Okay, starting with beer. Like there we it. go. Yeah. On Femin About It, Chris Kuzme recaps his adventures at the Craft Brewers Conference, while Beer Sessions Radio throws it back to Beer Week with a live panel recorded at the well. On other beverage fronts, the Grape Nation host Sam Ben Ruby interviews Dustin Wilson, who you may recognize from the documentary Psalm. Anyone seen it? Yes. Rachel Lowe, wine director of Spiaggia Restaurant in Chicago, joins Joe Campanelli on In the Drink, and Damon and Souther talk to Heather Ash of Tromba Tequila on the Speakeasy. Damon, best bartender in the country. Hey. And Souther's just opening up Coo in Cooper Square, donating oh. all of their profits to charities, including the ACLU, SPLC. Awesome. Go check them out. They are open now. That bar's going to be the shit. It is. Already is. <laughs> Maybe you're interested in something heavier than alcohol. Listen to Harry Rosenblum's interview with musician John DeRosa on Feast Your Ears to hear about his fascination with drinking ayahuasca in Peru. Mm. Bucket list, anybody? Because... Uh, yeah, me. Yeah. Yep. On Love Bites, Jacqueline and Ben speak to Brian Cadman. He's the author of The Reducitarian Solution, which urges us to limit our meat consumption to make our world healthier. Ooh. If you're like Patrick and limiting oh. your meat uh, sounds like torture, tune into this week's Japan Eats to hear how the Japanese Wagyu became the world's best beef. And speaking of beef, on What Doesn't Kill You, Katie Kiefer asked the question, what effect would a 21% cut to the USDA have on young farmers? Thank God I was chewing Enduja while you said that, and I didn't hear what Induja. I just read. Enduja? sorry. Enduja is how I like to pronounce it. And uh, keeping it animal-focused, Celia Kutcher got catty on Animal Instinct oh. this week with Pam Johnson-Bennett, a feline behaviorist and Real. author of Catwise, otherwise known as the Cat Bible. So anybody looking to train their cats, that's the show to listen to. <laughs> All right. On Cutting the Curd, uh, host Diane Stemple speaks to Dr. Catherine Donnelly, an expert on the microbiological safety of food, about how not to get sick when you eat cheese. Uh, I've been there. It sucks. All right. This is a, a quiz question. Quiz question. What is an episode with Diane Stemple called? A Stemposode. Yes. <laughs> Nailed it. And on the Farm Report season finale, <laughs> Aaron Fairbanks welcomes Whole Foods co-founder and CEO John Mackey. Who? Who? John Mackey. Wow. CEO she got John Mackey. The big gun. It's a big get. How did you get How did she wear my in the bubble? That's huge. Aaron's Whole Foods is a sponsor. A big deal. Wow. Are they currently? They are. are. David, did you record that show? Uh, I think I forgot to record that one, actually. No, but I'm saying, was it legitimate? That's legit. Was he in studio? Yeah, he was here. Wow. Oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah, I wish I'd recorded it. Yeah. Also, we have have more Whole Foods news. I am am officially the Whole Foods New York City DJ. Yeah. Oh, very nice. When can we see you at Bryant Park? Bryant Park every first Tuesday, 6 to 8. Very nice. So if you're like me and you can't shop without some bomb ass tunes, <laughs> that's when you should go. <laughs> so changing gears, do you guys have a huge fo- a huge following on Instagram? I don't, but no. if you do, this week's tech bites can help you learn how to protect your intellectual property on social media. Yeah, I'm really worried about someone co-opting my <laughs> photo of an alligator that I saw in Florida. That was so like, weird. Knows all Wait, about what? Alligators. I posted a photo on Instagram and said, uh, 
Porcelain toilets, nice and shiny. What lies beneath will bite your hiney. <laughs> and it was a picture of an alligator. <laughs> Jesus, Patrick. So foul. <laughs> All right. Uh, so cooking issues this week was a doozy. Uh, speaking oh, are we still do- doing news? Doozies, yeah. Yeah, but you don't have to it's keep okay. playing that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I like it because it gives okay. you a sense of urgency. Okay, that's true. That's true. That's We all sound that's nervous. Going on. <laughs> well, Dave and Nastasia this week took a deep dive into bag juices, bag B-A-G, with guests Peter Meehan of the Wait. doomed Lucky Peach magazine and Ariel Johnson of the, the failing, MIT, The failing Lucky Lab. Peach. Uh, Not that, failing. That's in the script because Pete Meehan called, that him, <laughs> called himself like the doomed Lucky I Peach done, magazine. Quote, doomed, unquote. Lucky that is Peach a magazine. tense situation over there. He said it on the radio. He was in good humor about it, yeah. He, totally. Yeah. I feel with this music, I feel like Wolf Blitzer, who doesn't even sit. <laughs> he stands. He's so alarmist, so he can like run out of the studio up. faster. That's because literally every story <laughs> in CNN. He's standing up I'm now. standing up, but it's I have like to hunch over to read That's because literally music. every story on exactly. CNN is delivered like an air raid drill. It's absurd. <laughs> it I, I'm sweating as we go through the news. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Okay, what's the fine, I'm killing the music. The summer reading. On the food scene, Michael Harlan Turkel introduces us to to the New Worlder, a travel and food website that spotlights Latin America. Also, Linda Palaccio welcomes guest Emmeline Rood on a taste of the past to start about talk about a startup food history magazine on the horizon called Repast. By the way, you can donate to that Kickstarter now. And on Radio Cherry Bomb, Carrie speaks to Joan Nathan, author of many cookbooks, including Jewish Cooking in America. Now, these have all been just this week? Just this week. Or are just you pulling from wait, the wait, wait. year? This is just this week. Hold on. And we're going to end with a bang, because there's two more this week. The Front Burner actually had two killer episodes this week. On Monday, we released a special report from Jimmy and Andrew about the new documentary from Jeremiah Tower, The Last Magnificent. The interview featured Jeremiah himself, plus the film's director, Lydia Tanaglia, and executive producer, Anthony Bourdain. You may have heard of him. Uh, (laughs) On Thursday, again, so two killer episodes this week. Thursday, the front burner's finale for the season featured an interview with Barbara Lynch, speaking of Boston chefs. She was just featured in the New York Times food section yesterday. And she was at Cherry Bomb Jubilee. So they were talking about her memoir, the no-holds-barred memoir called Out of Line, A Life of Playing with Fire, which is about as revealing a book by a chef or anybody as you'll ever read. And I will say, I've, so far I've only read the first chapter, but it is intense. You should all check it out. Wow, that's very impressive. That was good. That was the best intro ever. That's HR News. <laughs> I will say Barbara Lynch, even, I mean, I say not even though. I mean, what is she, 70, 65? No, I think no she's way. younger than that. She oh, looks like she's, she's 50. She looked kind of yeah. hot in that photo, <laughs> like smoking a cigarette in the New York Times, Whoa. like with her foot up on the wall. <laughs> like, that was pretty cool. She looked cool. I thought they made her look hot. She is cool. Yeah, Barbara, is, to me, I know her a little bit. She's a very uh, independent person and uh, is totally comfortable in who she is. And mm-hmm. her restaurants and food are awesome. And she's a welcoming person. Who Do Boston, do chefs hook each other up? Like well, if she knows you were there or you knew she was there? She comes into the restaurant uh, pretty often and okay. she's, she's just great. She's a big supporter and we're a big supporter of hers. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. She was wonderful at Cherry Bomb Jubilee. If you stay tuned to Radio Cherry Bomb over the summer, we'll be releasing the recordings. And uh, she was um, being interviewed on during Jubilee, and she talked about um, introducing her daughter, who's, I believe, 7 or 13. She's a, a young daughter to the book, and her daughter is reading the book, and her, her daughter was like, Mom, do you know how inappropriate this is for like a kid my age to be reading? Um, but the, the first chapter is really... It's really revealing, and, and Barbara just told her daughter, like, you know, ask me any questions you have about it. 
Um, but you know, really intense discussion about that coming out. So happy 420. Wonderful. That reminds me. <laughs> yeah. Happy hey, 420. Happy 420. Wait, we're getting to that in a second. Oh. Yeah, I, that's later on the agenda. My yeah, bad. Sorry, but, I didn't read but the it's script. Good to do you? Well, we'll, we'll go with you, Patrick. Do you have any like other food news in the world that you want to talk about? Um. Well, I mean, I think global warming is happening. I'm pretty you sure. You say that heard, every week. Doesn't that have an effect the, on food? The is that on for the weather Edison report? Is so strong. Yeah. <laughs> well, okay. We'll I, I want to talk about one thing really quick before we talk about 420. Um, did anybody <laughs> see the feature in the New York Times uh, two days ago about the day in the life of a New York v- food vendor? Yes. Yes. I love that piece. It was just so well done. I thought it was a nice crossover piece talking about something they don't usually talk about. Yeah, it was really good. And did did you know that a day later a reader thought that was because, you know, it talks about how he he saves his money um, to send to send his wife and his kids to visit family in the summer. And like he doesn't even go. Um, but this year, the wife was like, let's all go on a cruise together. And so a reader started to go fund me to send them all on a vacation. Oh, and they're like nice. very close to the goal. I thought that was like very heartwarming and just like a really nice story. Do you know the name of the Kickstarter? So our listeners can. I don't. But if you go to if you find Sam Sifton on Twitter, he tweeted the link. Yeah, so it's a it. really cool thing to do. And on on HR and Happy Hour, we do like to shout out to uh, great causes that you can donate yeah. to. Not mm-hmm. only HRN, which is one of the top causes that you should be donating to, always. But uh, we like to give other shout outs to our friends as well. Well, if I'm going to eat street meat, I'm going to eat from that dude's uh, cart. It looks um, really good, by the way. It you does. Know, I mean, those guys put a lot of effort into it. <laughs> Think about it. It's one chef per person. I mean, you know, one chef making you a thing. I mean, that's pretty mm-hmm. pretty unusual. Yeah. I have a quick My, question for oh, Patrick ahead, yes, yes. regarding global warming. Last night I was watching a documentary on HBO. Don't okay. recall the name of it. And basically they were referring to global warming and one of the ways to reduce global warming was to eat less meat as, mm. you know, throughout the world. What's your opinion on that? Well, I kind of like warm weather. <laughs> I don't know about you guys. Do you like it when it's freezing? <laughs> no, I don't, I, but it's important. I actually do believe that, you know, meat, uh, you know, can be eaten ground meat on pasta or uh, an ounce of ground meat over a pizza is also a way to eat meat. Right. So, I, you know, I guess I do understand, you know, for me, meatless Mondays means no, like, 28-ounce ribeye. Right. Doesn't have that to be an excess. With. No, I can have a little, you know, brodo with some ground yeah. pork in there, please. I, I want to say something about that. I went to uh, one of the Impossible Burgers events, where it's like, obviously, they're trying to scale back how much meat people eat, and they were saying... Impossible Burger being a, a veggie burger that tastes and has a, a similar experience to eating a beef burger. That mm-hmm. is the goal, and it's the goal is to, you know, yeah, have people replace their meat with plant-based um, yeah. foods. And the panel, someone on the panel made an interesting point that they think that meat will become more of a condiment, huh. which is basically what you're saying is mm-hmm. we're, we'll eat less of it, but you'll still be able to have it in every meal. Yeah. Well, meat has always been an issue. I mean, during Lent, I know the medieval like nobility always felt this pressure, and the church always tried to exert <laughs> this pressure not to eat meat during certain holy holidays, which I think was like one or two days a week, plus all of Lent, plus all these other holidays. So the uh, nobility used to instruct their court chefs to disguise fish to taste like meat. Fish on Fridays. And that kind of playing with food led to the wedding cake and food castles and marzipan sculptures and all that. So kind of playing with food and uh, overcoming this desire to, you know, meat's always been talked about as something to avoid in one way or the other. Well, you mentioned wedding cake, so I just have to pass the mic to <laughs> DJ Cherish for a second. Okay. 
I think that she might have something to say on the subject. On wedding cake? Special announcement. Yep. Are you yes. getting married? Are you? Yes. Yes. I'm getting married every week. Every week next season, I'll be starting my new show, Wedding Cake. Wow. So it's funny that you mentioned that. I'm going to Wikipedia that and find out what you were talking mm-hmm. about. Unless you just made that up and put no, it on no. your ass. <laughs> Sydney Mintz. Sydney Mintz. Uh, you know, Sydney Mintz wrote a thing on sugar and... Uh, no, the wedding cake, playing with food, building with food. Fantastic. Well, what's the wedding cake going to be about? Are we always wedding cakes, or is that like a metaphor? I'm going to have um, people making me some gluten-free wedding cakes every every week. Mm. I'm going to have wedding industry folks come in. I'm going to have a, a pretend fiancé or fiancé play my you know partner so we can have cake. And uh, we're going to bitch and moan and plan and talk about like what's going on. And then and, and eat the cake. I love that. I, I, I'm going to start a show called Three Course Meal, <laughs> where I invite sh- chefs to come and cook me a three course Patrick's meal. Patrick's dinner. I'm going to start a recurring series about revolving sushi conveyor <laughs> Um well, I, I, I first of all, you heard it here first on HR and Happy Hour. Very cool. Uh, first preview of our summer lineup, wedding cake, and uh, I'm also officially putting in my request to be your uh, special fiance. Taste one week. Her. Yeah, fiance. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we're we're getting serious. <laughs> Here's the story. Like my wedding, I I uh, am divorced, but I got married in Vegas. Total like. Actually, it wasn't a shotgun wedding because I wasn't pregnant, but it was a machine gun wedding because we went to a firing range. Oh, wow. That's a true story. Probably why we're not together anymore. But anyway, (laughs) I didn't have cake. I didn't have the whole, you know, wedding niceness. So I'm going to kind of like just relive it every week. Wow, that's That's good. Getting married once a week. 12 episodes of it. (laughs) Yeah. Um, So uh, you heard it here first. That's cool. Going back to the news, I actually also pulled a news story about street food. Mm-hmm. Um, you guys may have seen this. It was um, Sever actually broke the news uh, that Bangkok, Thailand, is going to ban street food by the end of this year. What? Which is crazy, right? They're Especially all based because, off of that, aren't yeah, they? Yeah, like CNN just awarded Bangkok the title of best street food in the world for the second year in a row. Um, so this is something that was really came as a shock to me. I've been to Bangkok. I love Thai food. I ate all my food basically mm-hmm. on the street. Um, and uh, the the opening line of this article in Sever from April 18th was that people need to be saved from their own terrible ideas. Uh, that includes lawmakers, <laughs> American lawmakers, British lawmakers, and even Thai lawmakers. So I think like this is a little bit of a case of, you know, who who are we to be? judging the uh, the Thai rules, but it is, I think, a terrible loss. Um, the Thai government is saying that their motives are cleanliness and safety, um, but critics have accused them of just trying to be more like Singapore. Um, Where and you get lashed for, like, doing a street gum? food. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so terrible. this is kind of a bummer of a headline, I'm sorry to say. Uh, that would so affect if you want, tourism. Uh, yeah, it's going to have a huge impact, I think. Um, so better get there before 2017. Get Bourdain's comment um, on that. I would like to hear on I our think news Kate, show Kate what Kate Bourdain. Crater spoke to him recently. Yeah, okay. I need to check that out. Yeah, yeah. find out He's what He's definitely he like being vocal about it. And um, I have a consolation after that sad announcement, which is uh, I got a press release today from the Royal Thai Consulate General um, and they are going to be celebrating Songkran, Thai New Year, 
uh, with a street festival, ironically. Weird. <laughs> <laughs> and they're actually giving away a trip to Thailand, which is cool. Uh, it's just like it, the, the irony of these two things coming out within two days of each other was just like a little... Are you just on that mailing list randomly? What was it? Uh, I guess. I don't know. Um, things are happening. I get emails now. How many emails um, do you guys get? You guys must get hundreds like of thousands of emails from so everybody many emails, about food. But I try millions, to read all of them, billions. FYI. Good. So that's how I found this email about the Songkran Festival. It's, it's in Woodside, Queens, and it's happening uh, April 22nd and uh, I think it's happening all through the week but the big days are April 22nd and 29th hmm. so um, it's going to include cultural performances, Muay Thai showcase, a Chang beer garden cooking demos and a competition and uh, most importantly Thai street food booths yeah. um, you know, get it while you can. And you can always yeah. get it in Queens, so don't the worry about The nature of that yeah. food. But you might have to get it in Queens instead of going to Bangkok. Fair. Wow. Well, the nature of that food is to eat it on the street. I mean, yeah. it's like uh, egg rolls, right? Or, well, or wraps. Yeah. And even like the noodle things, you still would eat on the street. You get Quick. pad thai on the street. Yeah, yeah. It's like really common. But how are these people who are currently making their, their income going to be able to feed their kids and stuff like that? Like if they don't have their businesses anymore? Yeah, I mean, it really seems like a really kind of sad political situation that is, you know, leading to this crackdown. Uh, you know, obviously, I think there are other motives besides the, you know, so-called health and cleanliness that they're going for. Um, and, and obviously that's a huge tourist attraction. It's an, it's a major employer and it's a, a symbol, uh, of, of what Bangkok tourism is like. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah, they do strange a, things in some of these. I mean, it is a third world country, right? I don't know what that means, well, but crazy stuff happens in third world countries. I mean, where there's not, is there a democracy there? I mean, who's making these decisions? So like an oligarchy or what? The, there was a, a military junta that took over in 2014. Yeah. When you live in cultures like that, shit goes down like that. Mm -hmm. You know, it's too bad. Mm. Yeah. Well, uh, but should we talk about something more? Yeah, let's talk about something more. Yeah, let me talk and I really think there's like politics. plenty of time. <laughs> there's just, it, it's, it takes effect the end of 2017, and really it only applies to like certain main streets. I think mm. it, the headline is probably a little doom and gloom, but yeah. I'm going to remain optimistic. Sense. Good. Also, I haven't picked my honeymoon destination spot, but they might have gotten a down ranking because of that. What are the Ooh. top three? What are the top? Am I helping cater your wedding? Because no one organizes a group of it. I don't need to be invited. <laughs> But I do uh, want to make sure you don't make Patrick any mistakes. I think Patrick wants to be invited. Patrick's like, Patrick's like one big um, table for everybody. Hey, you know what? Yes. I'm taking your advice. We might actually have two big tables because of logistics, but I, I would love that. Let's talk. Okay. We have it on air. I don't want you to make mistakes. I would mistakes. love to talk, Shirk. Let's talk off record. Alice Waters taught me everything Employee I know discount. that. Alice and I will get on the phone. We'll just create oh some God. headlines for you. If you and Alice could plan you. my wedding. I actually, well, can I, can I tell my personal news With hopefulness. Quick? Yeah. Um, so I missed, Thank you, I, I was not able to be on HR and Happy Hour last week because I was absurdly sick. Wah, uh, wah, wah, and wah. I just didn't want to gross anybody out with all my like sounds. Uh, <laughs> Ira, you know what? Ira Glass did a show of This American Life. Totally I remember cool that one. And he sounded terrible. I and like, I was uncomfortable the whole time. Bad. Is that and the one like, that he recorded what? in the bathroom? I think, I don't remember. He's had a few where he's been like, Guys, yeah. I'm not feeling really well. <laughs> then, like, maybe wait a couple um, days and then right. this. So, just but I just figured, like, I think Jordan was a great co-host to to take my spot. So I was happy that you guys got to have a nice, healthy sounding one. But anyway, last week I I kind of sort of recovered. I dragged my ass to Maine, and uh, I finally saw my wedding venue, which I'm so excited to have actually laid eyes on. Mm -hmm. And I went to the rental shop, and I got way too many ideas. And I went and hung out with uh, my chef, who's doing the catering. Uh, she, her name is Sarah Jenkins. Oh, yeah. She's very um, famous. She's 
awesome. She's Andrew, so Andrew, Joanne Fleming's son works with her. Yeah, I have so many like connections to her, and it was so crazy that we had never met in person. But I went to her restaurant, Nine of June, in Rockland, mm-hmm. uh, sorry, Rockport, on Friday night. And we just had a lovely dinner, and she's so wonderful. And anyway, but I do have to talk to you about some butter her up, get her on the radio. I do. I have to say, a little I, nepotism. I love you that know. Katie like goes into like wedding planning, like food first. I like well, really yeah. respect that. That's the way that. to do it. Yeah. Because, we'll yeah. There. Well, in the South, people are just like, okay, what mansion am I going to have it at? Like, nope. how big is the tent? Music. Food and music. Food and music is all you need. You're yeah. speaking By the, the truth, way, David. You're speaking the truth. I'm sorry. I oh, remember that you're from the from the South. Uh, your boy of Fox got ousted. I hope you are overcoming. Bill O'Reilly uh, is not Cat's not boy. my boy. What? South. No. South. No. No. No, thank Didn't you. Lyndon no, that's J- Jeff Sessions, Alabama. Didn't oh, Lyndon, no. Didn't Lyndon Johnson sign the... Uh, you know, Civil Rights Act and say I just handed the South to the Republicans? I, I think that's exactly I don't know. what he said. I don't know that much about politics. I just know that I don't live in Alabama anymore. Okay. <laughs> did, you see, did you see video from that? Uh, sorry, this is a, unrelated, but from that uh, Richard Spencer appearance at Auburn? The other night? Yeah, yeah. And there yeah. was like the girl I was just telling Patrick about it. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, sorry. So crazy. So sad. Poor Auburn. Anyway, okay. Who you're very right. proud of. When are you getting married, Katie? August 12th. All right, good Wait, date. No, I shouldn't have said that on air. No stalkers, please. <laughs> in Rockport, TBD Maine? TBD location. In another town in Maine. Uh, <laughs> and your home address? That's so, Maine, Oregon. Called, and your home address are an hour there. Pork and lobster is a the, the theme? Yep. Well, Porchetta, lobster slider. I'll donate the pork. What? Really? Yeah. Wait, really? It's on, it's on air. It's on record. It's on air. I mean, you don't have more than like 300 guests coming, do you? 300? 20. <laughs> do you need someone to cook yeah. the pork? Yeah. Oh. Oh. What is this, a royal wedding? 300. Gosh. Well, yeah, and I, I accept volunteers. They can just have a pork station now. Yeah. I know. By the um, way, well, I will Jenkins not come to your wedding. For I will not Hi. come to your wedding. You should never, you? you will never, you should never have to look out as you're getting married to somebody in the audience who's like, hey, could we have a meeting about the ring? Patrick is like, he's like I think cake. you could have done that better in these 1,000 ways when you did your vows. You could have yeah. done your wedding the Italian way. <laughs> Can you the use Italian some, news, way. some serious news headlines in your speech to your future husband? You know, I, so Chris is like not a super feelings guy, but he really wants us to write our own vows and for them to like go into great detail and I'm like you know how I'm gonna just be like sobbing like how am I gonna recite Why? this thing cause I I've, I've found ever since I turned like 25 every year my feelings like multiply exponentially <laughs> and so now my feelings are just so big that I just can't like oh. I just can't contain them what's up Aaron was a crier now a new executive director was a crier I've never I seen you know. cry the role yes, does you have. To you. <laughs> you so have okay, I think wait, it's the location wait, guys I feel like we, we probably <laughs> should talk to the person that's on the phone we've been leaving him hanging a little oh, bit oh he's on the phone yeah oh we better talk to him I know. 420 Mike Edison yeah he's unemployed don't worry did he's you got know, plenty of time did you time. know that Mike Edison Edison is on employer. the Wikipedia page for 420. Oh. Mike, are you there? I'm here. Oh! Hey! 420! Oh my god, yes to the song! Best, best reference. Dancing That's awesome. Confused. That's my awesome. favorite movie. My, now, Mike used to get so stoned, he would forget to smoke. <laughs> he would forget to smoke more pot. That's how uh-huh. stoned he would get. He would forget. 
Um, Mike Edison, welcome to the HRN Happy Hour. Welcome back. Thank you, you for yes, being here got, on this momentous day. Very happy. Are you uh, were twining it up over there? <laughs> no, we but we Those had shots of tequila days. before the show started. You know, on, on, my, on my show, we tried a couple times to do a pot taste thing, <laughs> and and the first time we got yelled at because there was just a little bit too much smoke, and apparently oh. the ventilation from the studio goes directly into the restaurants, into Roberta's. <laughs> um, so the second time, I got I thought I'd get smart, so I asked Brandon, one of the owners of Roberta's, to join us for the there pot taste thing because I, I figured if he was involved, there's no way we could get in trouble, and we still got yelled at. One Wait, time, we yelled at you. <laughs> well, they're, they're, they were trying to clean up Roberta's one time. Just to spite Mike, who I wrote my book with, Carnivore's Manifesto, I once snuck him a chocolate that had pot in it, and I didn't tell him right before his show. That was so, that was so uncool. And it happened that to be like, the episode. Okay, it's so uncool to give someone a pot cookie without telling them. He happened. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's we a, that's a, a No, I mean, I mean, Mike is different. People are always giving me food when I'm hanging around so with you guys. That so happened. That weird to get yeah, that's a scumbag like. move. Mike, tell them what episode. Like it, Patrick. Mike, tell them what episode you were doing and why I did it. Your episode, 10 minutes after well, you took that chocolate that was, was. It was a crazy cat lady episode um, on my show Arts and Seizures and we were talking about rescuing cats and we invited some crazy cat rescue ladies on um, and I, what I didn't know was they brought all these kittens with them. <laughs> <laughs> which, which breaks like, you know, every health oh violation imaginable. That's how I get it. That's you know, kitten abuse. Coming to a restaurant, right? And I just kept getting more and more stoned and these kittens were just climbing all over me. <laughs> Are you like clam baking you know, Wait, kittens? that sounds like heaven. <laughs> I it's had a, to do it to him for that episode. Right. You know, being stoned with all these kittens climbing over me. That sounds like, my, my he- like literally yeah. my heaven. Best day ever. Uh, yeah, well, still, oh. still pretty uncool, Patrick. Don't be giving anybody any pot cookies with the <laughs> uh, Hey, Mike, can you just give our listeners who might not be familiar with your illustrious career trajectory a little bit of your qualifications? I, as we're interviewing you today about 420, uh, I saw an interview with you recently, and I saw Wikipedia today, but give us a quick overview. Uh, well, once upon a time in another life, I was the publisher and editor of High Times Magazine, which is uh, this sort of clownish pamphlet about smoking dope, what my grandmother used to call this dope brag. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I was the editor of High Times Magazine, so I guess I'm pretty uniquely qualified to talk about it. And in my book, I Have Fun Everywhere I Go, uh, which is a memoir and account of uh, my sordid magazine career of sex and drugs. Uh, I talked a lot about 420, and um, somehow I became part of the official record. I know I'm on the Wikipedia page, um, which some people are not very happy about, but there's so much infighting among stoners that the Wikipedia page is locked. You can't edit it. <laughs> so, awesome. so many people have gone into that page and tried to write stuff on it, and the Wiki police just finally had to shut it down. You're in, man. Wow. So I'm what in. is it? Tell us how about weed. I mean, give us, I mean, if you will, a headline. What so Mike, so Mike, what is weed? What even, what even is weed? <laughs> what do we need well, to be so thinking about weed today? Every, it's about to get legalized, everything. Legalized, you know, 420. I mean, I don't know. I mean, it's like, do I really need to, like, a holiday to validate, like, my bad habits? <laughs> Uh, I, mean, I mean, it's just so silly. That's the guys so in high good. times were trying to say, well, 420 in the afternoon is when it should be socially, you know, okay to smoke pot. I'm like, well, how about after work? I think that's a little, <laughs> a little bit. I yeah, why not 520? Better. You know, I mean, you guys, I mean, 420, but you guys also got stoned at 10 in the morning, and then you got stoned again at noon. So 420 isn't that special anymore, you know? It's, uh, you know. Are you saying 420 is over? 
420's over. Well, today's <gasps> oh, funny. You, you heard know, it here I mean, first. I think it's okay. I think pot's worth celebrating. You know, I think it's okay. So, you know, is, I think, but you know, I think they should have a day to celebrate, like uh, you know, all my other vices too. Masturbation <laughs> day. Why would that be right now? But I, I've been okay. But, but my, Whatever they are, like literally being an open book. You know what I'm talking about. On that note, I think we got to take a commercial break. <laughs> Thank you, Mike. That was awesome. Happy 420. Happy 420. Thank you, Mike. Uh, on Heritage Foods USA is a farm-to-table online butcher and founding sponsor of Heritage Radio Network. Patrick Martins founded Heritage Foods USA in 2002 to save endangered species of livestock from extinction. He learned about the plight of endangered foods while working for Slow Food, a nonprofit started in 1986 in Italy when the first McDonald's opened on the Spanish steps of Rome. To counter the homogenizing effects of fast food, Slow Food was formed to bring attention to regional cuisines and ingredients. By 2000, Patrick was the president of Slow Foods USA and working on adding heritage breeds to their arc of taste, but he decided to go further than a metaphorical arc and actually do something to preserve rare breeds. That was the moment that Heritage Foods' slogan, Eat Them to Save Them, was born. By creating a market for delicious meats from Heritage Breeds, we can ensure they'll be around for generations to come. Plus, Heritage Breeds just tastes a whole lot better. Learn more at HeritageFoodsUSA.com and use the code HERITAGERADIO for two free pork chops with your first order, brother. All right, welcome back to HR and Happy Hour. Love um, the ad. Thank you. Thank, yeah, that was me. That was me turning on my um, Alabama Southern accent, um, using my talents to benefit Heritage Foods USA because mm-hmm. we love you guys. About time. Just Catch kidding. True talent. <laughs> but but before the show started, you were. I mean, during the show, you said you're no longer from Alabama. I don't live there. I'm from right. there. Yeah, I'm. But you kind of renounced like your rights yeah. to be proud of Alabama. Yeah, I guess you're right. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I think you can be from a place and still like kind of distance yourself from it. That is that is exactly Being from right. Maine. Yeah. <laughs> no, Alabama just has. I mean, I talked about this like in another show about like how just like the government there right now is like basically imploding. But it's a great. It's like a in really a good way though, right? Yeah. Like people are getting out. They need to get out. But burn it down. <laughs> rip yeah. It up, rip it up and start again. I guess. All right. So let's move on. We have our awesome guest in studio today, Mario Laposa from Babo Pizzeria. And um, Mario, tell us a little bit about, you've only been in Boston for a few years. Yep. We opened uh, two years ago, actually, last Saturday, the 15th of April. Mm. And Mazel tell, tov. Yeah. yeah tell, us, tell us about what that, because you've worked for other restaurants in that group before. This is a Mario Batali and Joe Bastianich's restaurant group, yep. yes. So I've been with Mario and Joe for roughly nine years. And Babo Pizzeria was uh, a way to... <clears throat> Showcase wood-fired pizza and then a combination of a lot of the restaurants where a lot of amazing things are happening. Pasta, anti-pasti pizza, and uh, also incorporate a lot of what was going on at their restaurant at Oto in New York City, mm-hmm. bringing it to Boston. And, uh, you know, Babo Pizzeria was the name. And, yeah, it's been an awesome two years, a lot of hard work, but uh, it's a lot of fun. How did you first get into pizza? 
Um, it was kind of started as an obsession, really, since a young age. You know, traveling to Italy, even here, and nicknames like Mario Mozzarella, Mario Meat- Meatball, and. Hmm. Uh, Can we call you Mario yeah. Meatball for the rest of the show? Sure, why not? Yeah, pinching my cheeks from a very young age. <laughs> people making fun of me, like, why do you love pizza so much? So it was kind of a natural transition and uh, decided at some point, a couple years after college, I was going to save up some money and move to Italy and learn how to make pizza. And that's what I did. Whereabouts? Uh, I was in Rome and then a little bit north of uh, Naples. Hmm. Yeah. That's where pizza was invented, huh? Yeah, yeah. Mm. Best pizza comes from the south. Best food, really, in Italy, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. You used to have Whoa, a lot of them's fighting words. Oh. Uh. Hey, hey, oh, hey, oh. <laughs> you still have oh, a lot of family hey. in Italy, right? Yeah, my sister's been in Rome for about 20 years. She's moving back soon. Oh. And uh, lots of aunts and uncles and cousins and uh, just north of Naples. Yeah, mm. in the Campania region where the best mozzarella comes from in the world. Mm. Yeah. Very cool. So, um, tell us a little bit more about this World Pizza Championship. It's something I did in the beginning, and someone I worked for in Italy, uh, you know, used to rave about it. He won it in the past, so I figured I'd give it a shot. It takes place in Parma, and, uh, you know, by no means is there the best, there is the best pizzaiolos in the world there, but there's several pizzaiolos that are amazing that don't go there. So, it's just really a competition, and uh, it's it's a good experience. Get to meet people. Um, you get to make one pizza. You have ten minutes to make it. If it rips, if it sucks, it doesn't matter. That's the pizza that you're going to serve. And uh, so it's just a fun experience. I've pretty much been terrible at it, with the ex- exception of two years. Not because I don't make good pizza, just because it's a difficult competition. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, it's just a lot of fun. It's a good reason to go over to Italy and eat some good food and make pizza. Has an American ever won that competition? Uh, I don't believe so, no. Wow. Now, how is Bo- speaking about acceptance and stuff, how has Boston uh, reacted to a uh, Batali and Bastianich restaurant? Because that doesn't seem like a city that a lot of restaurant groups open in, right. unless they're right. from And there's there. a lot of Italian restaurants yeah. there. Yeah. Well, Boston's definitely a city where local chefs and you know small restaurant groups are really accepted, and there's a tight-knit community. And I must say that... Those chefs and those restaurants have been super accepting and really supportive of us, but it's definitely been a difficult market to get into, meaning, you know, I, th- I feel like the misconception is that we're a corporate restaurant when in actuality, yes, Mario and Joe's restaurants, there are quite a few of them and we do fall under that corporate umbrella. However, all of Mario's restaurants are chef-driven and manager-driven, so there's people at the restaurant working their tails off day after day, working with people like Patrick, working with local farms, you know, really trying to make the restaurants great. And that's Also, why, on the corporate level, yeah. they never went corporate. I right. mean, Mark Kosha runs that entire operation financially, and he was a dishwasher at Beko. He's been, them, he's been with them since the beginning. Wow. Uh, but yeah, so the restaurants run themselves and uh, I think that's why Mario and Joe have been so successful because they have these people in the restaurants working really hard to make them great mm-hmm. and uh, you know and with their tutelage we're able to be even better and you know have their vast knowledge available to us but uh, yeah so I would say that's the biggest misconception is Mario and Joe are true restaurant tours that really care about what they're doing and they have you know, great chefs and great people running the restaurants for them. And that's the reason why they've expanded so much, not necessarily because it's Mario and Joe. 
But Boston's a tough crowd. I mean, politically, I'm completely aligned with yeah. Boston. It's like the foundation of democracy right. and the Democrats. <laughs> yeah. And yet they're like the most conservative liberals of all time. I mean, it's a oh, tough yeah. crowd. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, you know, it's I live in Southie, so very blue collar. You know, no one likes their yuppies coming into town and taking over. But obviously over the years, it's become gentrified and, mm-hmm. you know, it's just an incredible area to live in. I love it. But uh, <clears throat> it's a tough crowd. And if you're from out of city, uh, they're really going to fight you until the end to, look, to accept you. And uh, we're doing our best to do that. And I think we're winning some people over. But, uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, I have one more question since... Um, before since the of, quiz. Before the quiz. Pizza quiz. I have a question, too. Yes. Okay. So can you give me... I'm going to Naples and Rome this summer. Okay. Give me, like, the... One place for each city that I have to go eat at. It is pronounced Naples when Na- you get there. Naples? Naples. Not Na- I'm in Na- I love being in the Naples. Naples Yeah, or just Napoli. if you want to be a real insider. I don't really, but okay. Just kidding. <laughs> don't drive in Naples. We already discussed this. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> no, come on. If you're good in New York, you'll be good there. Just keep your line I don't drive in New York. New York no. drivers have nothing on drivers from <laughs> Naples. My wife had her hands on the roof praying that we didn't die <laughs> as we pulled into the city. Three hours in, she was like, can we go back? to Rome. That's hilarious. <laughs> well, um, I thought Roman drivers were scary. <laughs> I would say you have to go to Pizzeria da Michele because it's just a classic, right? It's it's like... Where is it? It's... Uh, <clears throat> it's just downtown? Just, it's on... Uh, it's just on the outskirts of Spacanopoli, I believe. Okay. So okay. it's kind of on... Uh, where the, where the the ships come in and everything. Mm. Anyway, so it's uh, Antica Pizzeria da Michele. It's been there since like 1876. Mm. So they didn't invent the margarita or anything, but they serve the margarita, the marinara. And there's just something that's just incredible about the pizza. The oven's been burning for over 100 years. Wow. And it's just, it's just wow. amazing. I wow. love it. And then in Rome, I told you about this. There's an amazing, amazing seafood restaurant called Il Piemontese. 30 euro. 20, 30 courses, seafood, what? vino, wine, red, white, limoncello, anything what? you want what on the table. What a funny name for a Roman restaurant, yeah. a region to the north. <laughs> exactly, right? And it's just uh, it's just amazing. So if you want to, I'll let you know where it is, but it's just yes, phenomenal. Please. You definitely have to go there. Oh I'm God. so excited. Yeah, I dream about it daily. This is for your honeymoon? This is for my, no, just like, well, my cousins are getting married. My cousin's getting married in Assisi, and we're making a vacation. So it's an indirect it. honeymoon. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> What's your question, Katie? My question is, so you are, is it true that you're a dual citizen, Italy, U.S.? I am. How, how do I get that? <laughs> <laughs> well, my father was born in Italy, so I think at, from a young age, he went to the Italian consulate and mm-hmm. basically became dual citizens. Yeah. That's so cool. Yeah. So, like, if I wanted to do it, I would have to petition the consulate to say, <laughs> please, please. Are you Italian? No, but... There's this house that I really want to buy. <laughs> Can you buy property without actually being a citizen? I don't know, but I have a lot of questions about it. Katie wants to have an under the Tuscan sun t- kind of life. Oh, no, no, no. no. <laughs> um, there's this house. I've been staying in it for a couple years in Orvieto, and I really want to buy it. Wow. Patrick, you spent some time in Italy, right? I did. I lived in Piedmont, uh, Piemonte. They say about the Piemontese that they're false e cortese. Uh, a little cold, but courteous. Right. Oh, you know, yeah. it's a cold area. It's where Barolo and Barbaresco, the Nebbiolo grape thrives there. Um, I lived in Bra, which is where Slow Food was founded. It's near Alba, the truffle capital of the world. So, yeah, very interesting people. Very smart, you know, very indoors. You know, almost the opposite of Sicily, where everyone's outdoors right. and all right. that. 
But um, I did want to ask before we get to this quiz and we see uh, how legitimate your uh, knowledge is really about your field. Well, Although I hope you ask on the questions. questions really. I know. The, last week she asked questions that had nothing to do about gardens to a garden person. But because um, Katie wasn't here to berate, to, to pull it in the pull it in the. That's me, order. chief berater of HRN. Is it true you never went to culinary school and you're in charge of like one of Boston's most important restaurants? Are you a big advocate of Tao with school, just learn through the school hard knocks? Um, I don't really <clears throat> I wouldn't say that I'm an advocate for that. I definitely didn't go to culinary school. It just something that was kind of ingrained in me from a young age, the passion inside of cooking and, you know, really getting in touch with, you know, where, you know, recipes my grandmother used and my mom was this incredible cook so you know i was always fascinated with food and fascinated with pizza and i would say that if you don't go to culinary school be ready to work really hard because that's what i did and uh you know it paid off but uh really truth must be told i started as a pizzaiolo with the company and they kind of turned me into this chef reluctantly but no i love it um but really pizza is my passion and that's what I love to do and just try to, you know, cook from the heart and teach my cooks to cook with love. And I know it sounds cliche, but that's, you know, I feel like how I make good food. And I don't really know any other way because I wasn't classically trained. You're the pie guy. I'm the pie guy. Yeah. The Italian way. All right. Mario Meatball. what's our quiz? <laughs> okay. Our <laughs> quiz is about pizza. Really? Pizza. All right. Do we have quiz music, David? Uh, let me see if I can pull that up, Patrick. This is, uh, can I let's say one make thing? it stressful. Yeah. You can Patrick, you would appreciate this. Yes. So, <clears throat> you know, in connection with Heritage Food, did you have something to do with slow food in the beginning? Early on. Okay. Oh, yeah. A little, little bit. Back at Terry Lodge in Westport, we actually received the snail of approval. Oh. For, yeah. So Mazel tov. That's awesome. But um, we're working with this flour company called Central Milling. They're mm-hmm. based out of Logan, Utah. And we've kind of gone away from, like, the commercial Neapolitan flour, double zero. Good. And we develop our own pizza flour. And, you know. It is important. It's amazing that how much pizza flour and pasta is actually imported from Italy when here we have all the ingredients. Half the ingredients go from here to there and then back. Right. They source it. And now we're getting it, you know, directly from the farmers. And really the grains are two weeks off the farm. Mm -hmm. And it's made a world of difference in in our pizza. And we're also using uh, Chris Bianco and the Gianopoli family's uh, Bianco Uh the Napoli tomatoes. Chris Bianco. He's the king. You must uh, look up to that guy. He's amazing. They're uh, the best tomatoes I've ever had in my life. Wow. Yeah. Good but for anyway. you. Good for you. Breaking trends. Yeah. I'm craving, buy, buy I'm domestic. craving pizza. I'm so hungry. I, I want, want a pizza. Yeah, We're your, actually, what do you think of the Roberta's pizza? Be I think honest. it's awesome. Yeah. Honestly, I was well, the first time. We had lunch here once. The first time you took me here, I was skeptical, mm-hmm. but I was really impressed with the quality of the pizza. I think it's awesome. Good answer. Nice. All right. Correct. Love you, Roberta's. Okay, ready? So now we like you, but are you good at your craft? Okay. We will determine. Here's the trivia. <laughs> Through some arbitrary This questions. is it. All right. Question number one. What month is National Pizza Month? Oh, everyone should know this. No clue. January. Oh. Eh. Try again. Oh. October. October. Oh. I knew that. What was the name of the first pizzeria opened in Naples in 1738? 1738. 1738. Oh, my God. It wasn't Pizzeria Brandy, right? No. Tell me. An Antica Pizzeria? Oh, oh, you said that even. Yeah. Uh, who did Pizza Hut deliver pizza to in 2001 as a publicity stunt? Patrick Martins. Prince. Uh, <laughs> Donald Trump. Think think like oh, out, Prince? think like out of this world. Oh, uh Larry Bird. The Moon, the Moon, someone on the Moon, Space Station. E. Yeah, yes! you got it. Patrick is so weirdly good at trivia. It's like not Patrick's even right. Patrick's secretly Wait, a genius. I, I know. Have to do, I have to do my uh, conflict of interest disclosure here. My question my future, is... 
Wait. Yeah. My future brother-in-law is the naked guy from the Naked Guy Pizza Hut ad. Oh, really? I haven't seen that. My question is, did they maintain their half-hour delivery service commitment? No, it took a long time. (laughs) So they probably got it for free. Oh, yeah. Okay. uh, Next question. During what week is the most pizza consumed in the U.S.? Hmm. Give you a hint. It takes place during a, a major event. Dun, dun, da, 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 da. Spring break. And, and da, not da, da, a ho- da, da, not really da, da, a holiday. Da, 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 da. Possibly a sporting da, 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 event. Da, 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 da. Super Bowl week. You got it, David. What, David? Oh I didn't know you were playing. Me either. Is that, okay. is that the NBC? Uh, NFL on NBC? Dun, dun, da, da, da. NBC. Yes. I don't know. Yeah. All right. Next question. I w- if you said the Carrie Underwood song, I would have known. Oh. You're right. Sunday night watcher. Focus, Ac- According to legend, Sorry. what is the significance of the toppings on a margarita pizza? The colors of the Italian flag. That's right. Oh, that was the most important question to answer. In yes. 1889, pizzeria, pizza maker Raffaele Esposito created the pizza margarita garnished with tomatoes, mozzarella, and basil to represent the national colors of Italy as on the Italian flag to honor the queen consort of Italy, Margarita of Savoy. Correct. History lesson. Is that a question? If me and my wife ever have a daughter, we're going to name her Margarita. (laughs) Really? Or or Marina, and we'll call her Mighty Nine. That's so cute. Okay, last question. Okay. Nino's Pizza in NYC sells in New York sells a one thousand dollar pizza. Thanks with, for the clarification. With four, I was like, what? what? I was like, why did I write NYC? I never said that. That's where we live. Okay, Nino's Pizza <laughs> sells a one thousand dollar pizza with four luxury ingredients. Can you name the Ugh. four? Or name one of the four. Uh, uh, I've never heard of Nino's smugness. Pizza. Is smugness. Is smugness one of them? It's very gimmicky. I'd like to dispute the luxury status of two of these items. <laughs> luxury status ingredients. Four. Well, yeah. Gold. No. Gold flakes, no. No, that's the that was thousand a good dollar answer. burger, though. You're on the right track. Isn't that, yeah. yeah. False yeah. sense of superiority? <laughs> <laughs> you gotta pay extra for that. Or inferiority complex. So basically, I know nothing about pizza, correct? No, you uh, baby. No, no, no. Clearly, these questions were like not that. <laughs> baby, okay. I love baby what are, what whale, are some killer whale fetus, <laughs> killer, right, killer right. whale Pepper, pepperoni. I'm gonna give you a hint. They're super cliche. Yes. Anchovies. No. Pepperoni. No. Uh, I'll, I'll give you two. And you can, you probably guess the rest. Cream panda fresh bear and heart. chives. Panda bear heart. Okay. Caviar. Yes. What's the other one? What's the most like cliche Truffle. luxury ingredient? Seafood. Uh, I'm from Maine, so take that lobster? as you will. Yes, you got Blue it. Blue whale fin. That's it. Boom. That's not good. Caviar, lobster, creme fraiche, and chives. That's not that special. Will you name it? Dollars? And no also way. doesn't sound good. In yeah. honor of this show, will you name a pizza <laughs> the Caterita? The uh, on the day she gets married, just a special yes. at Babo, really? like Caterita. If I cook the pork, it'll, it'll, have, it'll be a hippie pizza with moule meunier and, and lots of mushrooms. <laughs> Really quick, we're not just, you know, oh. we are a pizzeria in Boston. However, June 8th, we'll be doing a dinner with Heritage Foods. Oh, yeah. So we're going to have all of Boston going to show up. We're going to have a lot of Boston there. There are going to be more New England Patriots at that dinner than they were at, at the, the Trump House. celebration. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Good one, good one. I'm a Cowboys fan, Patrick. All right, good. Oh, <laughs> a really? nice bastion of democracy down yeah. there, too. They'll be available on our website, so plenty of pork for okay. everybody. Awesome. What's your website? Uh, BoboPizzeria.com. Instagram? Uh, Bo- Bobo Boston. Thanks All for right. supporting endangered breeds of livestock. We got to eat them to save them, and your restaurant does so much for all those family farms out in the Midwest, so good job. Awesome. 
All right. Thank you. And thanks for being with Heritage Radio Network. We're a member-supported nonprofit, 501c3. Please go to Heritage Radio we Network. We could not be more needy. We, are, we have needs. <laughs> Help us. Help us with our needs. HeritageRadio.org slash donate. This is a serious thing here. We're doing a serious <laughs> thing. Um, really, we need your help to survive and keep putting our voices out there. Um, we're talking about expanding... Um, Diversity, equity, sustainability, deliciousness in the food system. So please support us, heritageradio.org. Thank you. Thank you. This has been the Heritage Radio Network Happy Hour. Thank you to our guests, Cynthia, Mario, Patrick, and my co-host, Kat, our engineer, David. Thanks y'all for listening. Bye. listening to heritage radio network food radio supported by you for our freshest content and to hear about exclusive events subscribe to our newsletter enter your email at the bottom of our website heritageradionetwork.org connect with us on facebook instagram and twitter at heritage underscore radio heritage radio network is a non-profit organization driving conversations to make the world a better fairer more delicious place and we couldn't do it without support from listeners like you. Want to be a part of the food world's most innovative community? Rate the shows you like, tell your friends, and please join our community by becoming a member. Just click on the beating heart at the top right of our homepage. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.